Um, Al Silva and I don't agree on this, and I don't see him here today. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach about this topic, and it was about that the devil would say that people should continue to keep the Old Testament feasts. Hello, and welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I'm Jody O'Dell. On this podcast, we talk to followers of the Messiah. We call him Jesus, Yeshua, Yahushua, Yahshua, maybe some others. And we all agree that he is the Anointed One, sent from the Father, who died and rose again three days later for the benefit of all mankind. We come from all kinds of faith backgrounds, and we have discovered that God's law, which was given through Moses at Mount Sinai, was not actually nailed to the cross of Christ, as many of us have been taught. On Walk Like a Hebrew, we ask the question, How did you get from there, wherever that was, to here, living like a true Hebrew, literally following in the footsteps of our Messiah? We live our lives by 1 John 2, 6. We keep the holidays He kept. We avoid the same foods He avoided. We read the same scriptures He read. And we keep the Sabbath holy as He did. Walk Like a Hebrew is a listener-supported podcast. We don't have sponsors and we don't sell products to pay our expenses. If you enjoy hearing these testimonies and you would like to make a one-time or recurring donation, please visit sheholdsforth.com slash donate. And now you can also support us through Pod Hero, a revenue-sharing subscription service that makes it easy and cost-effective to support your favorite podcasts. Did you know that only 1% of the biggest podcasts make money? The other 99% rely on support from listeners like you. With Pod Hero, you can support all of your favorite podcasts with one $5.99 a month membership. Just click the link in the show notes, tell Pod Hero your favorite podcasts, and your contribution gets shared between shows at the end of the month. Check it out at podhero.com. This is episode 17, an interview with Elwood and Lisa Silva of Bakersfield, California. I sat down with the Silvas at the Feast of Shavuot celebration at Safe Haven Sustainable Farms in Erosi, California. So you'll hear all kinds of stuff going on in the background. Ellen Lisa came out of the Seventh-day Adventist denomination and have tons to share about their journey of discovering the truth about the biblical feasts. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. We're here in beautiful Erosi, California, celebrating Shavuot at Safe Haven Sustainable Farms. Right now I'm sitting down with Elwood and Lisa Silva. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, uh, I'm Elwood or Al Silva and been on this faith journey for most of my life. In fact, the majority of my life. Really? Um, I attribute that to uh, some powerful prayers from my father. I've always known him to be a faithful man of God. Awesome. And through uh, my childhood, in retrospect, I look back and I recognize uh, that the life that I live, I'm going to give the credit to God, but he used my dad to uh, pray for his boys. Tell us, Lisa, how long have you guys been married? In July, it's going to be 28 years awesome. that we've been married. Awesome. And we have five children and six grandchildren. Cool. You like being a grandma? I like being a grandma. What do they yeah. call you? They call me grandma. Perfect. And it's amazing because they're all my step-grandchildren. <laughs> and, uh, I, I but call her grandma, too. He calls me grandma. <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> but yeah. And my stepchildren don't call me mom, um, but they all raise their children to call me grandma. Awesome. And so I'm just one of the other grandmas. That is cool. I love it. Yeah. I like being a grandma, too. So you told us a little bit about your faith background already. So you were raised by a powerful prayer warrior that yeah. is so great how about you lisa what was your faith background um 
My mother was brought up Catholic, but it was nominal. I remember going to church a few times, but it, it wasn't very often. My mom had me when she was very young, and then at a young age, she became addicted to drugs. So I was kind of raised in that environment. And then a friend of hers invited her to a church when I was in, I was probably around eight years old, and my mom had a miraculous healing. God healed her from drug addiction. And so then from about the age of eight to 10 years old, she, she started going to an apostolic church, which, okay. you know, like a Pentecostal type. Right. And I went to that throughout my high school years. Then I completely left. I wasn't following God at all. And during that period of time, Al and I met and we weren't going to church. Then we got an invitation to go to a Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. And something was sparked in me all of a sudden that, hey, I wanted, let's go to this. And I didn't realize that Al used to go to Seventh-day Adventist Church, and he was a very active member of a Seventh-day Adventist Church. So when we got the invitation to go, I thought I was going to need to convince him to go. I didn't know about Seventh-day Adventist. I just saw the invitation to go to this church, and it was a revelation seminar. And so we were talking about going, and and he wasn't very enthusiastic about it, and I kept trying to convince him that we should go. (laughs) and And he just said, yes, okay, we'll go. And uh, and I kept saying, no, oh, but look, look at where it is, and look at the address, and here's a map. And, and he says, okay, I know where it's at. And I thought, he always says he knows something. <laughs> so he's just telling me that to quiet me down. And then finally, after I kept bugging him, he said, I used to go to that church. I know where it's at. Oh. And so we went, and uh, he had gone through a divorce. So when he went there before, he was going with his first wife. Right. And then he shows up with me all these years oh, later. No. And was it, it awkward? You know, everybody was very welcoming and oh, loving. Good. It good. was just amazing to me knowing that later and looking back, like how yeah. how people welcomed him back and welcomed me. Good. So we went there. Uh, we started going to these series. I ended up getting baptized and we rejoined he rejoined that that congregation and we went there for many years we had our our two children matthew and hannah and they were raised um in that church so seventh day adventist is what you basically did most of your married life well no let me let me rephrase it seems like (laughs) it but yeah for probably i guess for the first half Okay. Of our of okay. our marriage. That's where we went. And okay. we were both very active, involved, teaching, and just kind of involved in everything yeah. in, in the church. I can't speak too highly of the Adventist community. They're really wonderful people. Yes. And I have yes. so many great memories and learned so much while I was there. And um, my relationship with the Lord uh, Yeshua uh, was deepened very much while I was while I was fellowshipping there. So what was it then that got you from SDA to this? Whatever this is, I, whatever we call it. What do we call this? What do you call there's this? There's different names. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a faith walk. Okay. I know there's That's people that call it a Torah walk. Torah walk. But I believe if the faith walk has as the top priority uh, following the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, then everything else falls into place. Yes. All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's the like focus that. of our family. Yeah. Is Good. what we, we try to emphasize. But what, what happened was uh, 
We were having issues with one particular verse in Scripture. It's Colossians 2, verse 14. I know the one. (laughs) It includes more than that, but something was nailed to the cross. Right. All right. And I was in a real dilemma because the uh, community that I attended church with, they believed that it was the law of Moses. And then other people that I'd studied with said it was the whole law. And neither of those fit into the context of the whole whole passage there. I invite people that are listening to go and and read not just a couple of verses read the book of colossians it's not mm-hmm. that long of a book hopefully you'll find out and the the spirit of god will explain to you like he explained to me that what was was nailed to the cross was a record of our sins okay so yeah. that's what needed to be dealt with for each one of us because it was it was the sins our sin that was at issue yes. and not god's yes. law so, oh, you explained that so well. Well, it's how I, I try to explain it like that, but I've uh, never been able to articulate it like that. Well, it's, I think the biggest thing that I learned from that passage was uh, in the, the New Testament, the word for law is nomos. It's a Greek word, nomos. Mm-hmm. And in the whole book of Colossians, nomos is not used one time. So how could it be, how could that be what was nailed to the cross, whether it right. be the law of Moses or, or all of God's law or a portion of God's law, when he doesn't even use the word in there? Right. So things weren't fitting. The uh, explanations that I was receiving from the people that I respected uh, it didn't, didn't make sense. So I, I was just anxious to hear or discover something else. And one day there was a, a special program at our church, and this visitor comes in who's a, also a Seventh-day Adventist, and he has some books. And one of my good friends, Jeff Long, who was the uh, pianist there, um, this man named Matthew, he's uh, showing him this book with a bright blue cover on it that says uh, God's Holidays on it. And so he's ready to give it to uh, Jeff Long. And I I walk up and I kind of eavesdrop and listen. (laughs) And I said, I want that book. (laughs) So Jeff said, oh, go ahead and take it out. And uh, so uh, Matthew gave it to me. And I I, I just uh, ate that book right up. And it explained more than just Colossians to me. Awesome. It it explained about, you know, the, the holy days. Yeah. And I I had never heard about the holy days. How could I have been? And Neither I, had I. I'd been a, uh, a believer for decades. I had never heard about the holy days except for the Day of Atonement. And, right. of course, that was all nailed to the cross. Right. With the Law of Moses and all of those other things. I heard about a place not too far from here. Oh, about 30 minutes, 45 minutes to the uh, south of us is a little community called Terabella, which is near Porterville. And a retired uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, evangelist had 10 acres there, kind of similar to this. And he had set it up for camp meetings. He had learned about the uh, the Moedim, is what they're called in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And he started doing them years before this. And he was having uh, 200, 300 people coming there for the Passover and unleavened bread. and, and Just like we do here. Just like we do 30 here. 30 minutes down the road. Right. And wow. what was amazing to us was we had been Seventh-day Adventists for all these years. This man was a Seventh-day Adventist, and we had never heard. yes of him we'd never we never knew there was such a thing and we went there and saw other people from bakersfield who were kind of yeah (laughs) who were kind of secretly going and we're like oh you come here and or some of them were just there to maybe check it out and see what was going on or didn't necessarily agree with it but yeah it was right there um less than an hour away from our home and it had been going on for a long time Wow. Well, I had called John 
that, that was the uh, evangelist's name. And, and I talked with him for quite a few minutes. He had a bunch of videos and books and things like this. And I explained to him, you know, my credentials, because mm-hmm. I was very much involved in the church, had positions and things like right. this. And he said, well, let me send you my tapes. He usually sold them, but he just sent me the whole set of them. Wow. I was convinced. I said, we have to go to one of these feasts. So we went to a, what was it? I think it was to Sukkot. Uh, it was a Sukkot. Of course, the terminology they used was the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles. So we went there and we had a wonderful time. That was our introduction. And from that point on, we went to every celebration cool. that there was. How long ago was that? Probably 15 years ago. And that was in the fall. And so when Christmas came around this that year, we said, we're not celebrating Christmas and that was that. We were done with it. That first year, I told my family, uh, we we're going out of town for Christmas, and we took our kids on a little a short vacation just because this was so new. They were young, right. and um, we said just to get them away from it so they don't miss it, right. and we had a great family vacation and just spent a few days away, uh-huh. and we did that for the first several years until our kids got out of the habit of celebrating Christmas and also for my family to get out yeah. of the habit of of inviting us and so what did they us. what did they think you know i've always been a little different i guess because most of my family has been you know has remained uh, somewhere in the pentecostal yeah. denominations and so when i became seventh day adventist that was the first big shock oh that's to them. right yeah, yeah because you did now, it a couple of times yes yeah, so now I'm, you're going to church on saturday what right. and and that was you're not eating pork and you know just everything yeah. had been an adjustment so this was just one more thing that right. Lisa is doing that <laughs> that's, oh, that's but funny. it's been amazing because my walk has been consistent over the years mm-hmm. and so they they've just accepted when I tell them I'm doing something different now yeah they've just been very accepting of it well that's good that's and good. I think I think they understand that it's truth because they know if they, they want to sit down and talk about it, I'll show them scriptures to back it up. You know, one, one <laughs> dynamic that you might find interesting is, okay, I had uh, been exposed to uh, Sabbath keeping for, for several decades already. Mm-hmm. And after we started going to the Moedim, the festivals, we also visited a lot of the breakoffs from the old Worldwide Church of God, right. the Herbert Armstrong group. Yes. That and some messianic people and... Where else, Lisa? Just oh, home groups. And, home groups. So mm-hmm. it, it was looking at an understanding that there's so many more people out there that are trying to follow the Lord. Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't agree with them in the particulars, but it felt like we were going in the same direction. Yeah. When you're in a larger denomination like Adventism, you think you're the only ones out there that keep the Sabbath. Yeah. So when we left the Adventist church, that was kind of scary. Yeah. Because we didn't know mm-hmm. where we were going to be going. I mean, in going to Terrabella to Porterville, they only met for the, the Moedim. Right. You know, right. but uh, what are we going to be doing for the rest of the time? Well, the, the Lord showed us each step of the way. And like the, does, like, the, like the Israelites that were going through the wilderness, and they didn't know where they were going. They followed the, the cloud, all right? Yeah. It, it, that's what it felt like we were doing. We just didn't know where we were going from uh, one time period to another, but it has been such an exciting adventure. Yes. Never think that uh, following the Lord, following your convictions, don't think that those are not going to be exciting. Yes. And I think the key is to follow your convictions and recognize that those convictions are coming from the Spirit of God working inside of you. Well, it was interesting when the circumstances you know, leading us up to leaving our church that we had been members 
members of when we decided we were going to leave, we just went across town to another Seventh-day Adventist church. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't looking to leave the denomination. We just, we learned something new and we wanted to do it. We wanted to share it, but we were okay that they didn't want to accept it. We had learned that by that point. But we said, well, there's another Seventh-day Adventist church across town and (laughs) well, let's go there. And so that's what we did for about the next six months was Mm -hmm. go to a different congregation. <laughs> but we were, we were marked. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yes. Because that uh, happens, something that it? we left out is uh, for about one year before we left the Adventist fold, uh, one of the elders had contacted me and said, "Look, at uh, we'd like to find out what you believe." I don't remember. I think about once a month, or maybe maybe more often than that, we met with the uh, board of elders and the pastors to share with it how we understood and why we were doing the things that we were doing. And we had a home group throughout this whole time. Mm-hmm. So we would have 20 to 30 people over our house every uh, Friday evening to welcome in the Sabbath, and we would have Bible studies, and it was really exciting, you know, what was going on. And so Ken and I were were meeting with the uh, Board of Elders and the pastors, and we had somebody that was telling us ahead of time what was going to happen. Oh. The church secretary. Oh. oh, she had a strong spirit of discernment. And yes. really? she told us, you know what, this is what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And we would say, that is never going to happen. <laughs> that is not possible. And it did. And it, and it would happen. It was amazing. Like what kind of things would happen, though? What did she warn you about? Well, let's go back a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so Tell me the story. <laughs> after Al got a hold of that book and he was convinced about the, the holy days, mm-hmm. and so he was very involved with the men's ministry. He had invited six men over to our home one Sabbath evening, and he said, I want to share with you this new thing that I've learned, and I want for you guys to tell me if I'm wrong. And he sat with them that evening, and they studied it through, and they didn't give any response. Well, the next day... One of the men from the group was going out of town on a trip with the pastor, and he mentioned to him, hey, I went over to El Silva's last night. You spilled the beans. Yes. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> yes. So the, the pastor listened to him, and our pastor at that time liked to do sermon series. So he would pick a topic and do three or four weeks of sermons on a certain topic. I well, see where you're going with this. <laughs> his, his topic that he picked was called, If I Were the Devil... And so he was talking about how Satan is going to infiltrate congregations and the work he's going to do. And so it was a six-week series. So he got to the last one. And by this time, we were kind of holding our breath. And then where is this going to go? And so he got to the last one. He didn't say anything about the holy days. And at that time, we were visiting communities around Bakersfield because we wanted to get out of the main city and Mm -hmm. into the mountains. Our kids were younger and we wanted to raise them somewhere else so we went to go visit a church and we were out of town and when we came home Al dropped the kids and me off at home and he had a men's ministry meeting at church I get a phone call from this man that we had met and he said is Al home and I said no she said I wanted to let him know that the pastor mentioned him in the sermon today and I said oh well he's at church with men's ministry right now so Al comes home And I tell him this, and he said, I was just at men's ministry, and none of the men said anything about it to me. So on Saturday nights, we had what was called Vespers, and it was a a little song service and prayer and Bible study to close out the Sabbath, and Al was the leader for that. So Al comes home from men's ministry, and I tell you, we were very involved with everything. So so he comes home from men's ministry, picks up the kids and me, and we go back to the church for Vespers. And our pastor is there, which our pastor rarely went to Vespers. 
whispers. Yeah. And he was there, and at that time, the recordings were on a cassette tape. So mm-hmm. he hands Elle this cassette tape, and he said he want, felt like he needed to hear the sermon. And During that sermon that he gave, it was, uh, if I was the devil, this is this is how I would infiltrate the church. Right. And he put the, myself and the devil on the same team. <gasps> All right. So that was oh. kind of the dynamics of, yeah. of what was mentioned concerning me in that sermon. But uh, I later learned that he had gotten a call from the head elder at our church, and the head elder told him he shouldn't have gone and done that. So said this this was the wrong thing to do. So the pastor got that cassette and met me for uh, not that he felt guilty about it. He just wanted to. He was cover he was responding himself. to the the elder. Right. The head elder said you should not have done that. And so he he gave me the the cassette, and I didn't listen to it then. But later on, I did listen to it. So what he said was, I had said last week that that was the last sermon in my series, but I have one more to preach. And um, Al Silva and I don't agree on this, and I don't see him here today, but, you know, I'm going to I'm going to preach about this topic. And it was about that the devil would say that people should continue to keep the Old Testament feasts. And that was how Satan is going to infiltrate the church. And if I was the devil, I would just tell people they have to keep God's feast day still, and they don't have to. And El believes that. That's where he put him on the same side. As, I believe that we should keep the feast. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. after that drive with the one guy with the pastor, El started meeting one-on-one with our pastor and associate pastor. And El said, well, I'll let you tell how that went. Yes, we, it started out well. would uh, meet on a weekly basis. But I, I soon found that he was using our meetings as fodder for his sermons. Oh, gosh. So oh. Here, I, here I'm... Uh, That's betrayal. That's yes, like treason. It, it, well, it, <laughs> I, I had a different word for it. It's guile. Got, yes. Okay, that's so it's word. guile. Yes. And that's exactly what we were faced with. We still didn't stop going at that time. Um, we were continuing with the meetings with the pastors and the elders, you know, once a month. And then the last time that we went, uh, we were told what was going to happen by that person that we, we uh, shared. Mm-hmm. The uh, secretary. With a spirit of discernment. Discernment. All right. And, and she told us what was going to happen, that we were going to be censored. It meant that, well, they gave me a letter and they said that we're going to ask you not to speak anymore about the the festivals Mm -hmm. uh, to any new converts or anybody within the church. If somebody should ask you, you should uh, refer them to one of the elders. And uh, you are not to go to any of these celebrations at all. Like they have that... For a a period of one year. So that that was their sentence. And they wanted me to sign a document explaining, you know, agreeing to this. And I said, I'm not going to sign that document. They thought they could keep you from going out and celebrating the Moedim elsewhere? But you see, we already knew what was going to be presented to us. So Ken and I, we were in the parking lot getting ready to go into that meeting. And we prayed and we said, Lord, if this happens, if you want us to stay going to SDA Church, then... uh, you block this from happening. Otherwise, this will be our last time right. you know, going to this church. So ultimately, it was the last time we went to the church. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, we just went to another Seventh-day Adventist church. <laughs> but it was interesting because we sat, again, towards the front. We were used to, you know, we yeah. weren't back row people. <laughs> and so we sat towards the front and we went to that church for almost six months and the pastor never greeted us. Other because, people did. Because he knew, he knew We assumed yeah. he, he yeah. didn't want to welcome us in and then us come to his congregation and start right. trouble. Right. Well, they had quarterly uh, pastors' meetings and discuss issues, you know, within within uh, their churches and stuff like right. that. And I'm, I'm sure our name. Yes. <laughs> 
We were on a list. Another interesting thing that happened was the first time we went to Tarabella to uh-huh. to the feast, there was a potluck after the service, and we were sitting out on this lawn and having this potluck, and there were people who had been going there for a while, and it was all Seventh-day Adventists, mm-hmm. and they were telling their stories about how they had been ostracized, and this was our first time at one of the feasts. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm listening to them and thinking, what have these people done to cause this? They must be presenting this in such an offensive way that they're being treated like this in their congregations. And in my mind, it just was impossible for a congregation of people that you've been involved with and friends with and raising your children together to have this kind of reaction. Well, little did I know. Little did you know. A couple years later, (laughs) that was us. It's unfortunate that uh, in, uh, I don't want to paint this with too broad a brush stroke, but uh, a measure of the faith communities that there's a lot of guile, disingenuous attitudes, politics going on. All right, that's too bad. I've always thought that wherever we went, there should be some process where if you have a question about a, uh, a belief or a particular belief or something that you could come with some of the other brethren and discuss this. But that's not possible. No. I have never been to a, a fellowship where, where that's an option. Right. And that's, to me, that's yeah. sad. Well, we were getting ready to get kicked out of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And Al wrote a letter mm-hmm. of resignation for remove our membership from your church mm-hmm. roles and thank you and we're leaving. And it's sad because, you know, we started out saying what fond memories and, yeah. and there was a lot of good. And yeah. I learned so yeah. much about the Bible yes. while I was there because, you know, I'd been raised in a church that was very emotional based. And then I went to something that was very head-based, you know, all this knowledge. And Mm -hmm. I was just learning so much. And the way they raise their children, I think is beautiful Mm -hmm. in the Seventh-day Adventist community. And I'm grateful that I got that foundation with raising Matthew and Hannah in that. But, um, but yeah, don't, you got to toe the line. (laughs) But let's go on. Yeah. Carry, carry (laughs) on. Let's go, let's go on. We, uh, so we fellowshiped at a, uh, a uh, United Church, all right, which is one of the branches from yep. the worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed those people. They were wonderful people, but I think they were just wounded from the, yeah. all the things that happened yeah. within their denomination. Yeah. All right. Then we went to some smaller, some home fellowships and things like this. Then uh, we had joined forces with another home fellowship. What they did is, you know, we were having a Friday night fellowship at our home, and they sent a spy. Who sent a spy? No, they, that's not how. Here, <laughs> let me tell you how it happened. Let me tell you what really happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was at the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there was this friend of ours who had a son who went to a mainstream church in town. She was trying to talk to her son about Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so she finally got him to agree to for a Bible study. He told her, I'll have a Bible study with you, but I'm going to bring one of the ministers from my church with me. And so she said, Elle, will you go with me and have this Bible study? So Elle went to this Bible study to talk to them about the Sabbath and why it's biblical. Well, when they got there, the minister was someone who Elle knew his dad. Okay. And so Elle's telling them about the Sabbath The son is being very argumentative, but the minister from the other church is listening and interested. There was this other guy named Tony who he went to church with, and he started talking with him. Well, Tony worked with Louis Separetti. Okay. So who was it? Who are you talking about? Tony Perez. But uh, who who was the minister? 
Wes. Wes, oh. Remember when you met with Teresa's son and Wes? Yes, yes. So so Wes is getting interested in learning about the Sabbath. Wes goes to church with Tony. Tony works with Lewis. And Lewis was having home fellowship and had just recently learned about the Sabbath and the feasts. Right. So Tony tells Lewis and Wes tells Tony that we have this Friday night Bible study. So Tony and his wife come over one Friday night. To spy on us. (laughs) (laughs) So... When they walk in the house, they were smiling. <laughs> so they walk in the house. I recognize his wife, who I went to church with in the Pentecostal oh church gosh. when we were kids. Wow. <laughs> Bakersfield small. Yeah. So they come over, they check it out. So they went and told Heather and Lewis. And then the next Friday night, Heather and Lewis came over and there was just an instant friendship. Awesome. We became friends. Our daughters became best friends that night. Awesome. And, and we just started fellowshipping with them right from then. We're right. skipping a major part of the story. Oh, we're skipping all kinds of stuff. Okay, so we're, when we're fellowshipping with the two homes, fellowshipping together, we hear of a, a major church in Bakersfield that is going to switch oh. from meeting on Sunday to Sabbath. The whole congregation. Well, what's left of the congregation. Got All right, it. so that gives you a little clue about yes. what happened. But uh, so we send some spies ourselves. <laughs> I should have known that was coming. <laughs> to listen to listen to the uh, pastors, and they come back with glowing reports. And and so uh, the the church's name was New Beginnings. So we uh, started going there on Sabbath evenings because they were having a Sabbath evening service, mm-hmm. and we wanted to help them. So the pastor was there at the the Saturday evening service. It was more like that, and. Uh, we started helping out. So we, I think we brought about 40 to 45 people into that fellowship, but they had dwindled down to maybe 100 to 150 members. Wow. At one time, uh, they had had 1,000. Wow. Right. The pastor had um, preached against keeping Christmas and, yeah. and the... And everybody fled. The traditional yeah. holidays. Yeah, so they had a mass mm. exodus. In right. fa- it was in phases that they, yes. people, as he, yeah. as he uh, went into more truth, <laughs> he's losing more of his uh, his congregation Wheat and the there. chaff. It's right. the wheat and the yes. chaff. Right. They so, just blow it. So we all go in there uh, all gung-ho to, to help out, and we, we did. We did for, how long were we there? Five, six years? Five, six years, and unfortunately, some things weren't quite like what we anticipated or understood. Yeah, they All never right. are when you get with a group of people. Right. So, you know, there's always so going to anyway, be something. That, that ended about two years ago. About, oh, yeah. about two years ago. It, w- it was a great experience, though. Yeah. That's pretty much the, the biggest parts of, of our testimony and our, our walk. Today, we do, we do not go regularly to a church, but we're still involved in the Lord's business. You know, mm-hmm. we come to the festivals here. Our daughter goes to GIT. So we come here to the afternoon service, usually about twice a month. Um, we've been having Bible studies with my oldest daughter and my oldest son and their friend for two, two years. years, for two years, every Tuesday night. Cool. So we've been going through the Bible verse by verse. Right now, we're in Second Kings. So it's taken us <laughs> two years to go from Genesis so fun. to Second Kings. It's been really educational. Yes, it is. So we've done that and and we try to minister to our grandchildren as the opportunity arises and uh, the rest of our children. So I'd like to emphasize one thing before we stop. If we put Yeshua HaMashiach, our relationship with him first, all these other things, you know, being obedient, following our convictions, just going where the Lord leads us will fall into place if we'll put him first. So remember what he said? He said, if you love me, 
You keep my commandments. commandments. So the love comes first, and then the obedience follows. Yes, that's great. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and end it here. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. You better not. (laughs) I don't think you should. Well, I think you pretty much answered them all anyway. So you know. No, there's Um, more. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's there's always always more. more. There's always more. And someday we'll sit down and we'll go down some of those rabbit trails because I love of those rabbit trails. All right. The end. Thank you. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Walk Like a Hebrew. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Bonus clips taken from interviews are also available on the podcast feed at walklikeahebrew.buzzsprout.com. These clips don't have an introduction, so remember to listen to the interviews first so you'll know what's going on. Many thanks to Jack Lane for the music. To get a free copy of his CD, Lord I Lift Your Name, send an email to jacklane at earthlink.net. May Yahovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.